This is the message of James. Faith works. Just before that, I looked at the clock. I've got a lot to say in 25 minutes. Okay, buckle up. Here we go. (laughs) We're wrapping up the book of James. It's hard to believe we've been in James since the 1st of July. Here we are. We're wrapping it up. Next week, we jump in to Philippians. But today, we look at chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, and we see one word there mentioned seven times, prayer. Say it with me, prayer. Prayer, seven times. Now, I think it's most appropriate that James wraps up his book uh, with this important topic, because if we're going to live out the Christ-like lifestyle, it's going to take prayer. You know, James had a nickname. You can look up some things. Uh, Historical writers were there at the time writing a lot of things. And he had a nickname, the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. And his nickname was Camel Knees. Camel Knees. Camel Knees. Because of, really, the calluses he had on his knees from spending hours and hours in prayer with the Lord. James the camel knees. And so the big idea this morning is, is this. Prayer is the greatest privilege in our life, and there is tremendous power in prayer. What a privilege we have in our life, and there's power in prayer. So we're going to look at, first of all, when should I pray? What kind of person can pray? And how can I pray more effectively. How many like to know that one? How can I pray more effectively? Yeah. And so we've done series on prayer. There's so many aspects to that. We can't cover all that, obviously, this morning. But these three things, when should I pray? What kind of person can pray? And how can I pray more effectively? And and my hope for you this morning, my prayer for you this morning, as we're sitting here together, uh, that we're going to act upon this at the close of the message, as I said. And I would pray that you'd begin to expect God right now. Begin to believe God as we've been worshiping and singing and we're into the Word of God right now. And I want you to believe that God is here. How many believe God is here this morning? I want you to believe that God is not only here, but He's here for you this morning. And He's able to do something about the need in your life today. So begin to expect. And the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so as we begin to hear God's word this morning, that faith begins to build up and rise up in your life. So I'd ask that you listen to God's word. Hear God's word this morning. Be receptive to God's word today and allow faith to rise up. There's a lot of things out there being said, a lot of talking points in our culture, and um, there's a lot of fake news out there. There just is. And this was said some time ago, and I like it. If you're going to believe everything you read, why not read the Word of God? Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. If you're going to believe everything you read, why not read the Word of God? So let's stand together this morning, and if you would take your Bible or your app and Let's make our confession today that we're going to hear and we're going to receive the Word of God, and I believe we're going to act on the Word of God in just a few moments 
and pray one for another and pray together. So let's say it together. This is my Bible. This is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the indestructible, incorruptible, ever-living seed of the word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So uh, use the app. I want to tell you so much we're communicating. Use the app for the notes, the outline. You have a handout today. Write some things down. But first of all, when should I pray? When should I pray? And so we see in verse 13, when I'm hurting emotionally. So we're going to talk about needs today. I think we all have needs. We all go through life, a series of ups and downs, and we face Various, many types of needs. So when I'm hurting emotionally, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? He must pray. Is anyone joyful? He is just saying praises to God. What do we see here? And it's so often that this takes place with us that prayer is not the first option. It becomes the last option. But prayer should always be option number one. Pray. Pray. So we look at that, suffering. There's that word suffering. Another translation says trouble. Are any of you having trouble? How many's ever had some trouble? How many's had some trouble in the last six months? Trouble, suffering. And, and that Greek word, the New Testament, is written in Greek, literally means to suffer misfortune, to be in distress, to be stressed out under Tension. How many can relate to that? There we go, a little bit better. And, and then it says in Timothy, uses the word for this, hardships. Suffering, trouble, hardships. So James is talking about internal distress caused by external circumstances. Yeah, same thing. It's going on today. So it may be a relationship crisis. You may be going through a financial crisis. Your heart may even be breaking right now at this moment. You might be full of tension. You might feel like this morning, I'm just ready to burst. Well, King David knows what this is about. And this is what he said when life gets hard. In Psalm 18, 4, in my distress, I call unto the Lord. In my distress, this is what I do. I call to the Lord. I call to the Lord. So what do you do when you're stressed? I want you to ask yourself that question and think about that. Maybe write a couple of things down. What do you do when you are stressed? And there's different ways people deal with stress. Some people, they just go to bed and they go to sleep. Some people, when they're stressed, they can't sleep. Some people begin to spend too much money shopping out of control when they're stressed. Some people overeat. Some people can't eat. Some people begin to drink and get drunk and drugs and turn to behavior that is negative, pornography, maybe lashing out in anger. Sometimes we just isolate ourselves. But I want to say today, how you look at your life, how you've dealt with stress, how about turning to someone and something that really works, and that would be the Lord Jesus Christ and prayer. So say it with me again, pray. Say it again, pray. 
I believe 100% prayer works. Pray about your problems. And then James talks about praise. Sing praises unto God. See, prayer and praise, these two go together. And so, life is a series of highs and lows. How many notice that from day to day that can change? Man, you're just up and you're going, and then, then maybe even later the same day. Wow. What happened? I was feeling so up, and I was so high, and now I heard this, and now I'm here. You know, highs and lows. The Word of God says we're to weep with those who weep, to mourn with those who mourn, and to rejoice with those who rejoice. I want you to know, when you start praising God, He's going to bring you out of your hurt. When you begin to praise God, He's going to begin to bring you out of your stress. When you begin to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, who's high and lifted up, and He's the resurrected Savior, He's going to begin to bring you out of your stress. There's power when you praise the Lord. Amen? It's not, well, when I feel like it, I'm going to praise. You're going to praise yourself out of the problem. And it doesn't make sense to us naturally, but this is spiritually that God begins to work in your life. He can turn your mourning into dancing, amen. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And sometimes, I came to have church today, is that okay? I believe Jesus wants you to do something in your life. He's ready. I'm ready today. I'm ready. I want you to get a hold of this this morning. Some people, see, we're afraid to pray. And sometimes I think it's because of, well, what if God doesn't answer my prayer? How many thought that before? Come on. It's just like I was talking last week. Sometimes we're afraid to give because what if? What if? You see, Satan doesn't want you to pray because he knows. Satan doesn't want you to give. Because he knows if we will just begin to believe God, that we're going to sow into the kingdom of God, and God is going to take that, what we sow into the kingdom, and souls are going to be saved, and lives are going to be changed, and marriages restored, and there's going to be miracles in people's lives, and the kingdom of God is going to advance. Satan doesn't want that to happen, so he says, well, you know what? You know, if you give, you may not have enough. If you give, you may fall short. How many know what I'm talking about? If you pray, what happens if God doesn't answer prayer? Satan doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to give because he knows. Satan doesn't want us to praise the Lord because he knows if we get our eyes on Jesus, he's enthroned on the praises of his people, and he knows all things are possible in the presence of God, and there's power in praise, and our God will go before us, and he'll open up the way, and he'll make the crooked path straight. He'll make the mountains low and level that we can walk through that. He can't stand it when we pray. He can't handle it when we praise the Lord. He knows Praise is contagious. Probably some of you came in here today and you didn't feel like it so much, but we began to praise God. Isn't it good? Amen? And the joy of the Lord begins to rise up. I believe praise and joy is contagious. You talk about a contagion in our world. We're going to walk out of here today, and I believe God has called us as His church to the believers to be contagious in Jesus' name. Contagious. King David also said, I was glad when they said unto me, 
let us go into the house of the Lord. He didn't say, I was sad, I was mad, I was okay, but glad. You see, that's the attitude. Yes, I need to be there. I need the presence of God. Yes, I need to be in the house of God. I need to meet with Jesus. I need to leave my tension and my stress and my problems and my heartache and my hardship at the altar, and I need to leave here today rejoicing. Hallelujah. 550 times praise is mentioned in the Bible. I believe it should be our lifestyle as believers. And I'm going to say it again, the devil can't handle it when we pray and praise the Lord. Amen. When I'm hurting physically, I need to pray. Verse 14 and 15. Is there anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Forgiven. We look at that. Well, here's the word sick in the Greek. And it literally means without strength. You're physically wasted, maybe even bedridden. And James isn't talking about a hangnail here. He's talking about being sick. That's what he's talking about. Having real, hurting, physical condition. How many knows what it's like to be sick sometimes? Come on, how many's ever had a back problem? Come on, I, I, yeah, a back problem. You're hurting. Man, everything is just so hard and difficult. You've had a cancer proclamation in your life. Everything is hurting and difficult. I want to say this. Divine healing is an integral part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an integral part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talk about the ordinance of the church and we observe communion and we'll do that here in in a couple weeks. And, And we observe water baptism ordinances of the church. We did that a few weeks ago. And this is really one of them that we believe that we should pray one for another, lay hands on those that are hurting, suffering, and sick, and believe God. Because I see it's the gospel. The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus left heaven, became a babe in a manger. In Isaiah 53, 3 and 5, this is what the prophet said about Jesus and his ministry. The ministry that he would have, the ministry that he would give his disciples, and the ministry that he would give his church. This is what he says about Jesus. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Surely the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by His stripes, we are healed. Amen? The Apostle Peter in his epistles said, and by His stripes, we were healed. The writer of Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our Word declares to us that Jesus is our great physician. Amen? Our great physician. So, several thoughts about sickness. First of all, there is a sickness unto death, and unless we are taken in the rapture, all of us are probably, hope this isn't a shock to you, going to die someday. 
okay? Unless Jesus, you know, we all go to the rapture, but if that doesn't happen, we live out our lives, all of us are going to die. It was a year ago yesterday, my father passed away and went to be with the Lord, 93 years of age, it's all good. Because it was time for him to go home and be with the Savior and the rest of my family. And we see it's appointed for that. He didn't want life support. He didn't want prolonged life. He was 93. He was only in the hospital a couple days. And then he went to Jesus. That doesn't sound so bad to me. How about you? Amen? It's good. And then it tells us, while we're in our season of sickness, suffering, trouble, or hardships, or whatever it may be, we were singing about this, God is working in our lives if we allow him. You see, that's why we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If we get our eyes off Jesus, Satan's going to let us believe all kind of things, have all kind of fear, have all kind of doubt, have all kind of anger taking place. But if we allow God to show up in that season of challenge and difficulty and trouble, hardship and suffering, this is what he says he will do. All things, Romans 8, 28, work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things. Satan, you can't stop this. Amen? You try your best, you can't do it. What the enemy meant for harm or evil, God can turn it around for our good and his glory and his honor. Then there are some today, and we call them dispensationalists, they believe the gifts of healing were only for New Testament times. They're no longer around anymore. Many of our, we'd say brothers and sisters in the Lord, there, I shouldn't say many, there are some that believe that. I don't obviously believe that viewpoint because I look into the Scriptures. I see the promises of God. I see the needs of people today. I see Jesus describe His ministry in Luke chapter 4 which was the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to open blind eyes, and to set captives free, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Amen? I see that's the ministry He gave His disciples. He, go preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Heal the sick. I see that's the ministry He gave us His church. I see that's what Hebrews 13.8 says, that Jesus never, ever, ever changes. Amen? I'm glad He is consistent and constant. So what's our part? Our part's to pray. Our part's to anoint with oil. It's simple. It's olive oil. We have several bottles, and we're going to have some people be prayer partners with us today. The olive oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Like water baptism is a symbol of burial, of the old person, the old life being buried. We're raised in newness of life. Like in communion, the bread is a symbol of the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The juice is a symbol of the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so the oil is not medicinal. It's not magical. It's not uh, healing See, the oil represents consecration set apart to God. The oil represents the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to heal. How many, I'm going to ask you again, you have a need today. Spiritual, emotional, physical, you have a need today. 
We said 2020 is a year of breakthrough. And then a couple months later, we went into lockdown. Hey, we're still breaking through, amen? We're still breaking through. We're still breaking through. Amen. And then in the name of the Lord. So his name represents his character. See, our part's just to pray. God's the healer, and we relieve the results to God. And so first and foremost, my faith is in the Lord. Not manifestations, not in the what-ifs. My faith is in God because I know him. He's good. My faith is in God. He is love. My faith is in the one who's perfect in all his ways. My faith is in the one whose ways are higher than my ways, and I leave the results to God. And he says something about results, though, here in verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. When we pray, what we have to pray. And I've seen many people healed over the years. And I've seen others not healed. And I prayed and believed every time. Every time. I want you to know, you have a need in your life. You've been praying. God answers prayer. He always answers prayer. He says, yes. He says, not yet. Wait. And sometimes God says no. But God always, say it with me, always, answers prayer. Well, we have trouble handling that sometimes. But my faith is in God, who's perfect in all his ways, who is love. He just doesn't have love. He is love. He has what's best for me. He knows what's best for me. His ways are higher than my way. My faith is in God. So, why doesn't or why isn't everyone healed? How many like the answer to that question? Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Why isn't everyone healed? Well, if we had a longer series, we could talk about some things. I think we've looked at some things here. But the bottom line is, we, gotta be, uh, we have to be honest and each and every time. Why isn't everyone healed? Boy, I've prayed for people. I've believed for situations. I've believed for things. I don't know. You know why I don't know? I'm not God. You know why you don't know? You're not God. The Apostle Paul, how many believe he had a miraculous ministry? And he saw miraculous things, but he prayed. And one thing he really prayed about and he was suffering, and he said, take this from me, take this from me. And God answered him and said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to live with it, and you're going to handle it. I always don't like the answer. I don't have all the answers. But I tell you one thing, I have believed and prayed for people. I've seen, I've seen personally blind, blind eyes open. I have personally prayed for someone that was in the hospital for weeks and weeks on end, and the doctors gave him up for dead, and he was raised, and he was healed, and he's been living a full, fruitful, working each and every day life. He was healed. We prayed for a woman and her husband. She was unable to conceive and have children, and God answered that prayer, and they've had numerous children. We've prayed for people, and we haven't seen what we prayed for. 
And I asked permission, but Jeringle Bignell and her husband Troy, a year ago, she was coming to church every Sunday in a wheelchair because she was so sick. I want to ask Jeringo to stand up right now and everybody to see Jeringo over here right now. That's real. God's working in their life, working in Troy and Jeringo's life. He has been healing her. She's been coming into the office several days a week, helping Teresa in the finance department. Our God answers prayer. Amen. You're praying for something. You're believing God for something. And I want to encourage you. You haven't seen the answer yet. Your heart is probably breaking. And you wonder how much more you can go through. But I want to encourage you. Don't stop believing God. The devil knows what's just around the corner. You're about ready to give up. But you're going to have a breakthrough in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. See, our part is just to believe God. It's no pressure. Come on, God's got this. And when I'm hurting spiritually, oh my goodness, look what time it is. You think God could turn back? the <laughs> Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, verse 16, that you may be healed. You see, in Jesus' day, there was a teaching and it's taught sometimes a day, well, you know, well, who sinned? That person had to have sinned. That's why they're sick. Their parents had to sin. But Jesus blew that out of the water in Mark chapter 9. He said, no, 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 no one sinned. This is for the glory of God. And what's going on? See, we kind of forget this sometimes. The fact is we live in a broken, fallen, sinful, messed up world. This world is dysfunctional. It doesn't function the way God created the function because sin entered in and has damaged the world. It's damaged the environment. It's damaged human beings. For all I have sinned. And we look at that. <clears throat> but on the other hand, did, Jesus did teach that there are sicknesses we can bring on ourselves if we don't follow God's principles. If I don't take care of my body, if I don't eat properly, if I don't exercise, it's going to affect my health negatively. If I don't pay attention to God's Word and allow myself to be filled with worry and fear and anxiety, it's going to affect me negatively. If I allow resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness to remain in me, it's going to be a stronghold and it's going to turn into sin in my life. And James gives us a condition. Confess to each other. Not to the whole church on a Sunday morning. If we have a private sin, it's between me and the Lord. I go to the Lord. If I have a problem and a sin with somebody else, I go to somebody else and we resolve it. And maybe somebody can go with me and that person can be a prayer, a moderator, but I keep it between ourselves. Rarely, if I've sinned so publicly to the whole body of Christ, maybe I'll go before the whole body of Christ. You see, New Testament times, Christians confess to each other. Then during the dark ages, they began to confess to priests. And then in the 19th century, uh, 
Freud, he came out with psychology and he said we're to confess to the therapist and nothing's wrong with Christian therapists and counselors and psychologists, but now we've got people confessing only to the counselor and psychologist. And then Protestants came along and says we're not going to confess to anyone and as a result, we've got a lot of hurts, habits, and hang-ups in our lives and we pretend everything's okay on a Sunday morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm blessed. You know, yeah, confess. Who can pray? Say it with me, ordinary people. Regular guys. And we've sensationalized this. We really have. But regular people, you can pray, I can pray. You don't have to be a spiritual giant. And let's look at the prophet Elijah, and then we're going to wrap this up. When I say the prophet Elijah, you say, well, there's a spiritual giant. But the Word of God tells us something else. Because... How many feel like a spiritual diet 24-7, 365? No, we don't. Here's a regular guy, the prophet Elijah. It says in 1 Kings 19, 17, 18, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced it's fruit. Now, this is just after the big contest, the God contest on Mount Carmel, where, Carmel, where you know uh, the 400 prophets of Baal, and they put the sacrifice up there, and, and then, uh, you know, they poured all the water. You know, they said, call on, call on the God of heaven, call on your God, call on your God, and nothing happened. And then Elijah comes along, pours all the water on, and he calls on God to bring down fire, and God does that. And he puts to death, and that's a longer story, the 400 prophets of Baal that were evil and sinful and leading the people astray. But he runs from one woman named Jezebel, the queen, who says, I'm going to kill you. So we look at 10 verses, and you say he's a man just like us. This is why. He demonstrated fear. How many has ever been afraid? Fear and resentment and guilt and anger and loneliness and worry, a man just like us, because we have experienced fear, resentment, loneliness, anger, and worry. And here's the lesson for us. Elijah, yeah, he got depressed, and he got down, but he didn't stay there. He didn't get stuck. He got up. Amen? Say with me, get up. Tell your neighbor, get up. See, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So how can I pray effectively? And these are quick points I'm going to make. I must ask. Say it with me, ask. Chapter 4, verse 2. You do not have because you do not ask. Get specific. Here's my need. Here's what's going on, Lord. I am asking and believing you. He cares. Yeah, he's got a lot going on, but he can handle it. You're important to him. And then we see have the right motive. Back to James 4, 3. You ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfish or with an unrighteous agenda. And so, how do we do that? I want to encourage you, get to know your Savior. Spend some time with Him. Listen to Him. Open up the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. You will begin to recognize 
His voice if you spend some time with Him. And you'll begin to recognize this is God's will at this time. This isn't God's will at that time. How many of you are married here today? How many recognize your spouse's voice? How many can be in a store shopping separately and then you recognize your spouse's voice? How many, this is for me, can be in one department and you can hear footsteps and you know that's your spouse walking? Yes! You know! You know! That's what we're talking about today. Get to know. Have a Christ-like lifestyle. Verse 16, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. This is not about perfection. This is about your standing before the Lord if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. My righteousness is as filthy rags, but now He has made me the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If God answered only the prayers of perfect people, how many prayers would get answered today? Say it with me, none. Say it again, none. None. But he does want us to have a clean life. I want you to hear that. King David said this in Psalm 66, if I, had, if I hide or conceal iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You see, unrepentant sin always separates me from a holy God. And unrepentant sin or sin in my life will hinder my prayer life and God answering prayer. And here's the last one we're to ask in faith. Say it with me, faith. That's James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8. Jesus said in 17 of Matthew, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, Many of you know how big that seed is. That seed is on the tip of my index finger, and you couldn't see it. If you have faith as a mustard seed, to each man, each person is given a measure of faith. Say it with me again, faith. Faith. Just exercise. Use what you already have in your life. We see in Mark 9.23, here's some examples this morning. There was an evil spirit attacking a young man, probably a late teenager. And the father comes to Jesus and says, the spirit, this isn't just a physical condition, it's a spirit that's given my son the physical condition of he cannot speak and he cannot hear. And when the spirit attacks him, it throws him into the fire even at times, and he rolls around and he foams at the mouse. And he says, Jesus, could you heal my son? And what does Jesus say? All things are possible to him that believes. And he says, Jesus, I believe. But with tears, he said, help my unbelief. And Jesus even helped out with the doubts that he had. If you would only believe. And the son was healed. Mark chapter 10, we see blind Bartimaeus on the road to Jericho. And blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus coming. And he began to cry out, Son of David! Who told him to say that? He said, when he said, Son of David, have mercy on me, you're the Messiah. You're the King from heaven. You're a long-awaited Messiah. Have mercy on me. People said, be quiet. That tells me, you got to read Scripture. 
They weren't always just in this nice little churchy, quiet atmosphere. Jesus, be quiet. Jesus, be quiet. Jesus, you're making too much noise. Would you hand me that right now, please? Right there. Thank you, Michelle. Jesus. Hey, be encouraged. He's heard you. He's heard you. Hopefully this isn't your coat. This has been hanging out there for months. It's pretty nice. It's a Calvin Klein small, okay? But Jesus, what does he do? An act of faith. The blind man. He hears you. He's coming your way. He stood up. He took off his coat. And the coat was his legal permit to beg. That was his badge. It was his sign. His permit to beg. I can be here. I'm a blind beggar. I have a right to beg. This coat identifies me. This is who I am. I'm blind. I'm poor. And I'm a beggar. Yeah, I'm getting a little loud here, aren't I? He took off his coat and he threw it away. An act of faith. I'm not blind and I'm not a beggar. I'm being healed in Jesus' name. This is what I'm talking about. We're going to pray. Your part, he's here. You stand up and you walk forward and say, today's my day. Today's my day. You say, I've got a spiritual problem. I'm ready for God to do something about it. How many would say yes right now? I have a physical problem. I'm ready for God to do something about it. Raise your hand for me right now. Man, I'm under some emotional things. There's stress. There's hardship. Maybe you got all three going on. I'm ready for God to do something about it. In Jesus' name. doesn't matter how long it's been. Here's the thing. We're going to pray God's word in faith. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, his prayer shawl, his tassels. If I could just get a hold of it, I'll be healed. And you know what? She did. And Jesus said, you're healed. Your faith has healed you. And I want to encourage you today, when you begin to pray personally, when we begin to pray, we are praying the word of God. Because Satan is not afraid of you, nor he's afraid of your words. But Satan is fearful who lives inside of you. And that is Jesus Christ greater is he that lives within you than he that lives in the world. And Satan is not afraid of anything you have to say or I have to say. He fears what God has to say. And he has to go when we speak God's word in faith. Let's stand together. Men, are you ready to pray, church? Are we ready to pray? I'm going to ask all of you to join me today. If you're not up here praying for somebody or receiving prayer, Join us in prayer. Prayer partners, would you come? I want to say this. Our God, He is supernatural. So it's natural for Him to do the supernatural. Do you hear that today? Our God is supernatural, so it's natural for our supernatural God to do the supernatural. Hey, it's no pressure. It's a to God. It's up to God. Amen. There's some oil there in little vials if you want to take that. We're going to begin to sing. We love to pray with you and believe God with you right now. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's here right now. He knows your need right now. He's able to meet your need. Let's come forward. Let's begin to pray. Come forward. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just come up and wait, and then we're going to pray. In Jesus' name right now. We'll get a little bit more in there. We thank you, Lord. Oh, your name is above every name. Your name is above cancer. Your name is above every drug. Your name is above. Lord, bless you.
your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his We're just going to continue to worship and stay in this moment. Be 
children and their children may you save be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to close in prayer. You know, I just gave a few Bible examples of the Lord moving and answering prayer. Blind Bartimaeus is dear to my heart for years, but there's one more. And he wasn't an Israelite. He wasn't God's covenant people. He was a Gentile. He was a Roman centurion, an officer, who in that day and time probably didn't have a right to ask this, but he did in faith. And he said, Jesus, I'm one that understands authority. I give commands. You have authority. My servant at home is sick and dying. And Jesus says, I'll go to your home with you. And he said this, you don't have to come. I understand authority. If you just speak the word, the healing word, speak the word, he will be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Just speak the word. That's why we're going to pray the word. Isaiah said, this is what God says, the word that goes out of my mouth, it'll accomplish the purpose for which it is sent, and it will not return void. Amen? God's word works. Say with me, God's word works. God's word works. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we thank you for your presence, your power. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in lives right now. We banish fear and doubt. We come against what ifs and we say, God, you're good. You're perfect in all your ways. We are trusting. We are expecting you. We are going to hear reports of God doing the supernatural. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have a great week. And let, let's be contagious. I want to encourage you. Let's be contagious for Jesus this week.